It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, you know, dear folks, I was thinking, what is the most important issue? And as I watch the news and what's happening in America right now, it makes me remember that the most important issue is in the home. Well, it's in the heart of the individual. If we wonder about the teenagers that are rioting and the attitude of people, even when you're driving your car, for goodness sake, what is happening? It starts out with that little one in the home growing up and then getting married, hopefully, and then the children coming there from. It begins in the home. And the home is where the marriage is all about. What say you, Rich? Well, I think you're exactly right. The Bible speaks to that. You know, our dear friend Doris Akers, she's gone home to be with the Lord years ago, but she recorded a song. Because, you know, folks, we're talking about a heart. It begins in the heart, and then everything we've been talking about. Listen to this. You ask me how It's in my heart. Now, Patricia Ashley was on Focus on the Family a number of years ago, and I heard her speak about marriage. It begins with the individual, but her message that was brought on Focus on the Family that day just really rung true in everything she said. Now, a lot of times there's laughter, and what she said is amusing, but I'll tell you, there is so much truth there. What say you, Rich? Tell us a little bit about her. Well, she's the author of a book, Marriage is a Blessing When It's Done God's Way. She's a popular public speaker and teacher, served on the board of uh, Exceptional Women of God Ministries and Excellent Ministries. And been, she's led many Bible studies, and she's a yeah. wonderful, wonderful lady. All right, there isn't one of us in this audience that doesn't know someone. Maybe it's you. I don't know but that doesn't know someone that has trouble in their marriage. And everybody is getting hurt, the children, each of the individuals, and uh, it, just, it just spreads like a cancer. All right, now listen to what Patricia Ashley said. Turn your radio up and listen carefully and enjoy it as well as ponder it. Here it is. My testimony is that when I got saved, I didn't know that God was going to save my marriage. I thought he was just going to save me. He, it was like my marriage being saved was a byproduct of me being saved. It wasn't as a result of anything that I did to develop my marriage or to work on my marriage. At the point where I was saved, I was sick of my relationship. 
and my husband was equally as sick of his relationship with me. Do you understand me? We, we mutually say that to people. You know, we were literally at the end. Our marriage was dead, waiting to be buried. I mean, when I say it was dead, and some of you all are gonna relate to what I'm saying if you'll be honest. When I say it was dead, I mean that I didn't love my husband. I didn't hate him. I wasn't glad to see him come. I wasn't glad to see him go. It didn't make a difference what time he came in or if he came in at all. Yeah, do y'all, that's dead, huh? No feeling. He didn't make me happy, he didn't make me sad. He didn't even make me mad anymore. That's where our relationship was. It was dead. And so you know what that does to a marriage. And along with about five years of being unsaved in the military, with no one to be accountable to, we were literally at the end. And we just had one thing in common. We both dearly loved our two children. And that was what God used to hold us together. But after a while, that wasn't reason enough. And so I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And as a result, I began to read my word, not knowing what God was going to do with that. And my husband, he accepted Jesus in our dining room. And he began to read his word. And we were so, our lives were so isolated. We were so divorced emotionally, spiritually, and physically that he would read his Bible in one room. And I would read my Bible in another room. And as far as I was concerned, he had his Jesus, and I had mine. You understand what I'm saying? Now, were we at the end? I mean, we were, even after getting saved, I just, there was so, after so much hurt, after so much disappointment, after so much disillusionment, you understand, just dead in the eye, I don't even want to feel good about you no more. You understand what I'm saying? Do y'all follow me now, because we're going to be real in here. I don't even want you to make me feel good anymore. Cause see, to feel good, then I gotta feel bad again. My emotions must surface and just let's just leave them alone. And that's where my marriage was. And as we grew in the Lord, and as we began to read the word, not even trying to be friends with each other again, not even trying to develop a relationship, we just started reading the word and, and, and loving the Lord and allowing ourselves to learn who Jesus was. God allowed a situation to happen in one of our friends' lives. And we had to pray together. And when I found myself with my husband at the foot of our bed on our knees praying, we prayed and as we began to cry out and pray together to the same God, little did we know that when we raised up our heads and we looked at each other, God had quickened our dead marriage. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? He had quickened it and he had made it alive. The God that we serve, he specializes in resurrecting that which is dead. Some of us, rigor mortis, has set up in our marriages. And, and, and I mean when we look at our marriage from the perspective of what God has designed for marriage. We've, come, we've gone so far from what God intends for the marriage to, to be and we need God to resurrect it. We need God to make it alive again. And with that will come healing, but it's only at the feet of Jesus in his presence. Because as I grew in the Lord and began to read the word and just focus on the Lord, I had no expectations of my husband, only of the Lord. And God began to fill me with his love. And with that love, God started healing me 15 years ago. 
God resurrected my dead marriage and he started healing me. And it didn't happen because I wanted it to happen or because I knew it could happen. My marriage is right now a bonus of my relationship with my God. Come on now, praise him. I'm telling the truth. It is not because I had the sense or the wisdom enough to do the things that God required of me as a godly wife. Ladies, let me tell y'all, my husband got saved just because God wanted him saved. I didn't ask sense enough to pray for him to get saved. Do you, do you all hear what I'm saying? God just saved him. And as a result of that, because we just both started growing in our relationship, God knitted our hearts back together. And now the love that we experience, it's different. Do you all hear what I'm saying? The commitment is different. And what we began to do is we began to go to the Word after we realized we liked each other again. That's where we started at. We just, I just like you. Let's not deal with all this other stuff. And let's not try to get romantic or, you know, I just like you again. I respect you again. Come on now, you know how you can do that. You lose respect for They lose respect for you. They become bitter and indifferent and cold. And you become angry and hard and cold yourself. You know what I'm saying? And what we began to do was we began to invest time. When we saw that God had invested in our marriage, we made a commitment to invest into it. And then we went to the Word. We began to look at what the Word of God had to say about marriage. Because you see, what we found out is all the way back over in Genesis, that marriage itself originated in the heart of God. It was in the wisdom of God. It wasn't because somewhere in time, man found woman, woman found man. It wasn't in the heart or the mind of man. God didn't just create man and woman and let them discover each other. He made them for each other in the beginning. Man, God said it's not good for man to be alone or woman to be alone. The word says in Proverbs 18.22, it says that whosoever, meaning your husband, findeth a wife, meaning you, he has found a good thing and have obtained favor of the Lord. So now ladies, I want you to go back home and tell your husbands, Precious, call him precious. <laughs> Speak faith. Sweetheart, you have found a good thing <laughs> in me. And because you have me, I don't care what you act like, but just because you have me, you have favor in God's sight. Hallelujah! Now that's what the word say. You must say what the word say. How many of you believe in saying what the word say? That's what you got to say. Now, you might not think he's worth it. <laughs> Come on now, sometimes we don't. We don't think they deserve us as being good things. And some of us have been so beaten down and so criticized that we don't feel like that's the heart of God. But God says, be healed today and get the mind of God. Think the thoughts of God. Know that regardless to how your husband just don't know, and you have to tell him. I don't care what he's acting like, tell him. You found favor with God because you found me. Now what does that do to you? It puts you in a position where you've got to be a good thing. <laughs> Meaning that his heart must be able to safely trust in you, that you'll do him no harm. Meaning that you are going to be sensitive to him and that you're going to adapt your lifestyle to what his needs are. Ooh, 
<laughs> That's what the Bible says. If we just get the mind of God, now, I know we got to get healed and we got to get a new attitude. But if we just say what the Bible says, the Bible says that when God looked at man, he saw that he needed a helper. And so we as females were created to be helpers. Come on now. Now I know in this new age movement where the God is within us and we can believe it, we can achieve it. And you have to make sacrifices. So honey, sacrifice your marriage, sacrifice your children, and you have to achieve some of your goals in life, honey. Because when you sacrifice yourself and give your whole life to this man, and to your children, they will all up and leave you one day. That's the kind of foolish counsel that we get from the world and sometimes from sisters in the church. But do you know what? I know, and God brought me to a place as much as I love my father and enjoy him. And I think my father's a great man. Even when my mother used to get on his nerve and he used to get on her nerve, even when I used to get upset with him about some of the things he did, to me, he was always a big man. In my sight, there was nothing he couldn't do. And you know what? I had to take all of that admiration and I had to connect that to my husband. God had to begin to show me areas, not focus on his negatives, but focus on his positives. While he's still performing the negatives, come on now, you saw something in him. Start focusing on his positives and start letting him know. And let me tell you something, when you compliment a man, and all of them are like this, even if they crazy. All of them are like this. Giving them true, not flattery, but when you give your husband true compliments, and when you say true positive things to him about him, it is like putting water on a plant. Even if they reject it, even if they act like it didn't move them, Believe me, if you walk out the room and peek back at them, they like it. That's why our daughters are able to steal our husband's heart. Because they get out up under the car while he's changing it, and they lay there and watch him work on the car. Come on now. My daughter's 20 years old, and, and, and my, there's nothing my husband won't do for her. And they had that kind of relationship, and I wondered, how did she have his heart? She would sit up at the dinner table. Five years old, I learned from my five-year-old daughter how to deal with my husband. She would sit up at the dinner table, and she wouldn't even have to talk. She'd just point for what she wanted, and he'd get it. I said, what is this? I don't have that kind of control. And I said, I'm going to watch her, and whatever she does, I'm going to do. do are you all listening, ladies? I'm telling you how to experience fulfillment. When he'd be working on the car, she would go out there and lay up under the car, or lay, sit down on the side of the car and talk to him. So I started going out there, sitting at the side of the car, talking. And when he'd be out in the backyard cutting the grass, she'd be walking up and down the grass with him and talking to him. And guess what? I started walking up and down the grass, and I started talking to him. And when he came home from work, I'm telling you how to do it, ladies. When, she, when he'd come home from work, She'd run to the door. Now, she did this until she left home. She'd run to the door and be so glad to see him. How you doing, Daddy? Give him a big hug and just act like her day had just begun. And guess what, ladies? Hey! I felt like this girl's got his heart. I want it. And I'm not going to compete for it because I want him to have a good relationship with her. But I believe his heart is big enough for me and her. And little 
by little. Now, at first he was suspicious and he thought I was crazy. But I was a woman on a mission. Do you hear me? Yes, that's why marriages are falling apart today. I'm telling you, listen, love reciprocates. After a matter of time, guess what started happening? Girl, or as they say, girlfriend. He started rubbing my feet and taking my shoes off. It took a while, but God had to test me. God said, are you doing this to please me, or are you just doing it to reap the benefits? I said, God, if I got to stand before you to give an account, and, and we're going to do that, ladies. If you're married, you're going to stand before God to give an account. If you're going to stand before God to give an account for the kind of wife that you are, get your feelings healed. They are hurt, some of them. Set your affections on things above. You know what happens when you do that? You stop having expectations out of your mate and you take the stress off of your marriage and you free him up. Cause you know what? If there's something wrong with you, there's probably something wrong with him. Or if there's something wrong with him, there's probably something wrong with you. Cause you chose each other. Yeah, and, and for the most part, we as women can see good from our perspective. And we can just see what we're enduring and what we're going through. But what, if we were to look at some of our relationships from our husband's perspective and see the world through their eyes and feel the world through their emotions, then we would see that they have as many needs as we do. And it's a mutual thing. But we must come to a place if we're going to experience fulfillment is to, to release our expectations and say, God, I don't expect him to be sensitive to me but I expect you to be sensitive through him to me. I don't expect him to love me unconditionally, but I expect you to love me unconditionally through him. But God, all of my expectations is in you. I expect you to teach him how to be sensitive to me as the weaker vessel. I expect you to do it through him to me. Now come on, what have you done? You've placed that weight on God. You've cast those cares on God. And you can know that he's able because of who he is. And then you must know that God is for your marriage. He's for the success of your marriage. Whether or not you chose him or not, God would desire to choose him for us. But most of us get ahead of God. And God has to make the wrong one the right one. Come on now. But he's able. He can do anything. God would have that our marriage would accomplish, that the marriage would be protected. Let me tell you something, whether your husband is saved or unsaved, do you know whether he's saved or unsaved, God can use him to protect you. Because if the truth were told by each one of you, if you could think of something, things that your husband warned you of, relationships that your husband disapproved of and some of your other girlfriends, as that relationship developed, you found that there were things in it that was just a dead end. You ended up hurt or betrayed, or you ended up being used, or you ended up, and he tried to rise up to protect you by saying, you know what, there's something wrong with her. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel good. 
and even unsaved men. I have listened to things that Christian women have told me that their unsaved husbands told them. And I said to myself, it couldn't be closer to the gospel if he hadn't read it out of the word. Because God will sanctify him and anoint him and use him to protect you, even if he's unsaved. Because that's what God intended for the marriage to accomplish. And sometimes they say marriage is like flies at a screen. You got those waiting to get out and those waiting to get in. Some of us are waiting for excuses to abandon and abort our marriages. And we wait for an opportunity for our husbands to do what some of these folk tell us it's okay to do. But if it was okay to divorce your husband because he was in, found in adultery, then why do you deal with the guilt afterwards? Why do you deal with it? But let me tell you something. There is no way around the guilt. And guilt is an indicator. Just like you scream when somebody burn you with something hot, it's an indication that there's something wrong there. And you have to deal with that guilt. And I have met married couples who's now remarried. God has blessed them in a second relationship. But every last one of them that is living in the real blessings of God, you know why it is? Because they said that they came to a point where they submitted. And they began to realize that what it took to make the second marriage successful, the same amount of prayer, I'm telling you now, the things that they were running from in that first marriage, they met in the second marriage. The things that they had to overcome in the first marriage, they were confronted to overcome. They had to still overcome those things. And I've heard a lot of ladies say, I had to first admit that I had to ask God to forgive me for divorcing my first husband. I've had to ask God to forgive me for divorcing my first husband. And then, after I asked him to forgive me and I repented, then I asked God to help me to make this one a success. And those are the couples that when I listen to them, I hear real opportunities. And I see the blessings of God in their marriage. But now for those of you that have experienced that and you've gone through it, guess what? Don't keep that a secret. You should start investing into the marriages of other people. You should become men and women that's committed to the success of other people's marriage because you know how violent divorce is. You know how it's a tearing. You know how painful it is. I'm going to say this in closing. My husband left to go to Greenland for a year. And we were separating on good terms. And do you know when, that, when the Packers came in to our living room to get his personal belongings that he would need for that year, no one told me how painful it was going to be on good terms. There was something uncontrollable inside of me that caused me to want to run and leap on the back of the Packers and say, no, put it down. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was violent. There was a tearing that took place in my heart. And when you divorce, there's like a ripping and a tearing that takes place in your heart. And it's painful. And you must, if God has restored you and you are recovering in a second marriage, you have a responsibility to encourage young couples and people whose marriages that you know are in trouble. And you know when you see folk with their marriages, you know what they look like because you know what you looked like. You know how you felt. You can listen to women. You can look at women and tell when they're in pain and when they're going through. Come on now, this is tight. But I'm telling you what God said. Do you hear me? We have got to do this, God. Get it God's face. Don't take my word for it. Get it from him. Ask God. See, Rich, um, that broadcast 
that message that she brought that was that was uh, Patricia Ashley, Patricia Ashley, and she's written a book. It's called Marriage is a Blessing. Right now, Rich, what she said on the complete story is reminded me of why Bot Radio Network was established 61 years ago this fall. It was to help people, to encourage people, to bring the blessing of personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ to each individual person and to help marriages, to help families, to help people. What say you? Yes, to help you grow in your faith and to apply your faith in your everyday life. Well, listen, we have uh, some listener comments. Here, right. Uh, for more information, our listeners can go to patashley.com, but our listener comment line number is 1-800-345-2621. Okay, let's go. Here's a man. I just wanted to thank you guys for everything you're doing. I've, I've been praying relentlessly for my family, my brother. I was listening to Bot the other day when I was giving my brother a ride, and uh, I didn't even think he was really listening to it, but I was going to turn it down whenever, because uh, I was going to talk, and then he turned it back up, so I thought that was awesome. So thank you guys so much for what you do. Love you so much. Thank you guys. <laughs> okay, my friend. Oh, thank you. Listen, let's move along. Here's a lady. This is Marjorie Truesdale. 35 years ago, my husband and I were missionaries in Guatemala, and while we were there, we had cable TV. We were so grateful to be able to actually watch Charles Stanley each Sunday evening. I'm just blessed by knowing that he's actually home with the Lord now. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we, you know, I want to rush it because we've got to get out of here, but here's a man. Bot Radio is my seminary. It is so refreshing to hear world-class teachers that believe that the Bible is truth. I gain insight and learn something about Scripture nearly every day. Thank you, Bot Radio. And and he hit the key. The Bible is true. You know, I thought we had to get out of here right away, but we've got to take one more. Here's a man. Hi, I'm Colin from Austin Air Force Base in Omaha, Nebraska. And I just want to tell you thank you again for all the great things that you all do, the great programming, uh, day-to-day, 365, and that you all give all year round. And it really has made a difference in my life and in my family's life. And even in the work center, I get a chance to listen to your station during my lunch hour. So thank you for not uh, compromising where the word is concerned. I love all of the various programming. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. We've got to move ahead now. This is Dick Bott with this chapter of The Complete Story as a public service with my son, Rich. See you later. (laughs) 